Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a good and interesting show planned for you. This is, uh, we're going to open by talking about some dating trends that Bumble, the dating app, has dropped. They're basically trends and predictions for the upcoming year so uh we can kind of keep an eye on whether or not these come true for the most part pretty positive pretty hopeful which i think is interesting because we do shows uh all the time on everything dating related and app culture uh dating app burnout what are the qualities people look for how to create a really great profile how to know when it's time to unfollow someone it's the new brave world, y'all. Dating apps. There was a time when people didn't use them and had a lot of shame and guilt around it. Now it's the number one way that people meet. That's right. It used to be work and through friends. Now it's dun, 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 dating apps. Uh, so anyway, Bumble dropped their dating predictions and their dating trends. For those that aren't familiar, Bumble's basically just like all the other dating apps, but it's for those that are uh, opposite gender seeking, it's female-led in that the females have to start the conversation after a match occurs. For those that are you know seeking the same gender, man-on-man, female-on-female, and, and everything outside of that or in between that or around that, uh, it's kind of, you just, it's basically like the other ones at that point. So anywho, um, I like this though. In the, the big headline from Bumble was uh, everyone should be uh, feeling optimistic about the dating scene in the future. Uh, they quoted uh, their study says 70% of people globally say they feel positive about the romance that lies ahead. Fascinating to hear that because in my clinical and social experience, I hear the exact opposite, including articles that are talking about the prevalence of single straight males. And that's due to men not having a lot of emotional maturity. It's because men are raised without given the capacity to have emotional connections within themselves and with others. So it's part of how we raise men. And that's why I'm always challenging gendered norms. We put men in that position. We remove the ability for men to really have true emotional connections based on how we treat them from birth forward. And I hear it all the time. People want traditional gender roles, not realizing that there's a dark and a shadow side to it and it traps men. And then, you know, in hetero couples, females are then on the receiving end of that. So I'm hearing people make a lot of complaints about the dating scene and dating apps. So it's fascinating to hear Bumble be so positive, but of course they are, right? Because they want you to get on and use and pay for their service. Uh, so anywho, let's look at some of the other predictions they made because it gets a little more specific, but I thought that was great that they're like optimistic, optimism. 
Um, so a lot of people are expanding their requirements beyond physical type, which I think is really interesting. And the term they use is open casting. Oh yes. People are using an open casting style. They're going outside of what they normally go for. And I think that's great because unfortunately what we tend to seek is based on our anxiety. It's usually not based on the best of within us. Uh, my favorite example is always height requirements. Height has literally nothing to do with anything that matters at all. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just based in, you know, gender norms where if you're a female, you want the male to be bigger or taller than you, but there's nothing more to that than just social shame. We want to be better than that. Partners can be an amazing match for you at all different heights. Because again, remember, it has nothing to do with what kind of partner they are, how supportive they are, how loving they are, how sex happens, none of those things. It doesn't matter. So I'm glad to hear that people are thinking outside of their standard type. Ask yourself, why do I seek the kind of person I seek? Why do I have the requirements that I have? Um, how does that limit me? And what part of me is requiring those things? It's usually your fragility, your ego, your anxiety, because usually the things we're seeking don't necessarily promise anything. Um, anywho, so I like that we're expanding upon that. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Um, that was a one in three. So about 38% they said. So still kind of low, but props to those people for saying, you know what, this year I'm actually going to do an open casting. I don't like the use of that word. It sounds so industry centered, but hey, that's their word, not mine. Actually, when I look further into the research, they kind of broke it down more so. They said more than half, 52%, said they're open, uh, they're more open to who they consider dating. I don't, I don't know what the 38% was about in expansion. I, I don't really understand this, but I'm looking at broad strokes of their research. In addition, in addition to that 52%, one in four, they said 28% are placing less emphasis on dating people that others expect them to. Well, thank God. Why are you dating for other people? Who cares what your parents want? Period. End of story. A lot of parents pressure you to have a partner of a certain career, of a certain class, of a certain, all sorts of things, a certain religion. You, Your job in life is not to please your parents. Your job in life is certainly not to please your friends or culture. Your job in life is to please yourself as long as you're being a good person. So please, um, you know, I hear that come into my practice when people say, oh, I have to marry someone Jewish or my parents will be upset. Let them be upset. They're operating from a really problematic place if they're trying to limit you based on what they need because that's what they need. What do you need? What do you need? Because remember, we're working on assertion, less people pleasing. Who are you pleasing in these standards? We have to, you know, as I say all the time, we have to dismantle the barriers that we place that just stop us from finding what it is we're looking for. So anywho, we'll come back and look at some more of this research. It's not um, some of it's a little more profound than the rest of it. Uh, but I always think it's interesting to see what's really happening. So we make a lot of assumptions from the outside. So we'll come back and talk more about, uh, Bumble's dating predictions for the new year. And, uh, then we'll be doing some DMs later. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Otherwise y'all stick around. We got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast Oh, Rachel, we're back. We're talking about love, dating. We're looking at some trends as per Bumble, the dating app's research for the new year. Some of this is on par with what I believe or have experienced. Some of it, I have no idea what they're talking about because they, they were saying we should feel optimistic for the new year and that's what people are reporting. But that is not what I'm seeing in my own private life socially with friends. They are not reporting feeling optimistic and that's not what I'm seeing in my clinical practice. Quite the opposite. They're feeling very uh, helpless, hopeless, and pessimistic. So it's fascinating that Bumble's like, no, no, no. But again, remember, you know, I'm not looking at the actual research. I'm looking at the conclusions that they've made from the research. So, you know, interpretation bias, confirmation bias, it's an app. They want people to sign up. So I, I appreciate that that's in there. Um, but again, they were talking about people being willing to expand an open casting, they called it, which is kind of gross to me, um, where they are expanding and dating outside their usual type. Good. Your type, again, is not born out of something you should necessarily honor. Often it's born out of or anxiety. You know, um, it's just preferences. What part of you is that coming from? Not always the best in us. All right, what are some of the other zingers that they put in here? Um, they said that people, people looking for love are more likely to guardrail in the coming year. I actually don't know what that means. Uh, due to the return of office culture and busy social schedules. So maybe they're trying to keep it more specific, targeted, and direct. I don't know. That's my assumption. Um, they said more than half of people have established more boundaries over the last year, including being clear about their emotional needs, being more thoughtful about how they put themselves out there and not over committing to social events. That's cool. We're chilling out. We're slowing down. We're coming back to, we're coming home. We're staying home. 
uh, people are tired. They're burnt out. They, you know, they're like, where's my energy going? Where's my attention going? We're being a more intentional and conscious. I'm all for that. Um, related to work, single people are becoming less likely to see high profile job titles and long work days as a symbol, as a status symbol. And instead are prioritizing work-life balance. So basically what they're pointing out is that historically in the past, if someone had a big job title, um, that was something that was very attractive to a lot of people. But now people are saying that those high profile job titles uh, in their minds come with very long work days and that that's not something they're seeking anymore. They want people that have a better work-life balance, more free time, more downtime. I'm here for that. I say that all the time in my practice. I'm a couples therapist, relationship couples therapist, general practitioner. I think people in relationships come before work, but we always enter thinking work comes first and work is, an, is a good reason as to why we're not you know, able to participate in our family's lives, our children's lives, and we're no longer accepting that, supporting that, or even allowing that. Um, and what's really interesting is that I, you know, successful couples, long-term sustainable happy couples protect their relationship from what we call thirds. Thirds being activities, hobbies, people, and things that draw attention away from the relationship. Um, every relationship has them. They're not necessarily bad things. We, we itemize a lot of things that are good in a lot of contexts, but how we manage them is going to matter. And we should put more time, attention, energy, and resources into your partner and your relationship, um, not on these thirds, which is often what happens. So I actually like that daters are saying, look, we are not blown away by people that work nonstop and long hours. That's actually now a turnoff. We want people that are more rooted in fun and pleasure and rest and leisure. And that's just what we're seeing more of. China had a huge pilot project where they were che checking in on a four-day work week. Other countries have done that and they said work productivity is better. I'm all about that. We also know that people were quiet quitting, meaning they were backing away from jobs that weren't good, weren't stressful. And there was a time when you had to earn a job and now jobs have to earn you and I'm here for that. You know, in, in jobs that can't find employees, it's because you, you're not worth, you're not a place people wanna work. If you offer great benefits, healthcare, vacation time, and it's a caring, healthy environment, people will work there. And if not, that's what you gotta do, which is why it's wacky to see some of the people kind of pushing back on that. So anyway, dating worlds where I think it should be psychologically speaking. So that's kind of awesome. Um, and then the study just kind of drilled more into that saying that 54% of people said they care more about work-life balance than career status. I think that's awesome. Um, ready for this one? Bad news for <laughs> people that work a lot. 15 to 20% said that they'll no longer date someone who has a very demanding job. They're like, what's the point? You're not there, you're not around. You're not there to participate meaningfully in the relationship or be out in the world with me. I get it. Well, who wants to be in a relationship where you're then always by yourself, but yet you symbolically have a partner, but they're not physically there, so you're not benefiting from it, and you're always on your own. How lonely is that? Can't imagine being a part of something like that, so I'm down for it. They also, they, they come up with all these interesting words, guardrail, open casting. Here's another one, wander love, W-A-N-D-E-R, love. Um, refers to people who are more open to starting relationships with people who do not live in the same city. And of course, that's going to become more normalized because dating apps allow you to connect with people around the world. And so your partner might not be in the same city as you. So we're doing a lot more long distance. And I've done tons of shows on that. I'll do another one on it, how to really pull that off. Because, you know, if you got the time, money, and energy, what's a flight? <laughs> What's a, what's a, what's a, what's a long drive. I have some friends that have dated people that are about an hour and a half, two hours away. Whew, you're not seeing them during the work week. You know, that's a weekend only relationship. 
or not. If you work from home, maybe y'all can like spend some of the week time together. I don't know, but I think that's great. So Wander Love is happening. And again, that's people who will date those that are a little longer distance or true long distance. Um, and then it kind of, actually the research got really interesting. It broke it down. I was looking at single men and how they're undergoing a mindset shift. I think that is great. Uh, I think everyone needs to go through a mindset shift and ask themselves, why do I approach the dating world in the way that I do? Again, what are the barriers that I throw up that aren't actually there that kind of block me from connecting and finding what I want? But basically this mindset shift in men, uh, 74% to be exact, said that they've examined their behavior more than ever and now have a better understanding of toxic masculinity. 74%, why do I find that far too high? I want it to be higher, but I actually don't believe that number. I think it would truly be a lot lower, although I want it to be even higher than 74%, but I'm shocked at that number. We'll come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more about it and then we'll do some DMs. Uh, past episodes of the show, if you wanna check them out, over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's a good way to challenge your mindset, get a mindset shift. Um, anyway, stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back. Looking at some research that came... Um, Came from Bumble, the dating app. Uh, you know, like I was saying in the earlier segments, some of it is my experience. Some of it I'm not in agreement with. Uh, they were starting the research off by saying people are feeling more hopeful and optimistic about dating in the new year. And I was like, really? Who's saying that? Everyone in my practice and everyone I'm talking to is like not agreeing with that, but they claim 70%. Globally, we're like, nope, we feel good about the romance that's ahead. I was like, I don't know, y'all. Anywho, and then they were talking about how people are expanding outside of their typical requirements and the type of person that they normally date. That's awesome. More of that. Going to surprise yourself. Um, but we landed before the break on this one little buzz piece. Well, also they were talking about people being more willing to date long distance, which is great. But they were saying, and I thought this number was far too high. I ideally want it to be this high, but I don't believe that it actually is. And they were saying that the majority of men on these dating apps, 74%, said that they've examined their behavior more than ever and now have a better understanding of toxic masculinity. Why do I not buy into that? Am I just a pessimist? I just don't, I, I, I see more of it. And I'm thankful for that. I want that to continue. But 74% that is not what my research has been showing me because it's been showing that there's a, um, a, a high rate, the highest rate almost, of single men because they just aren't healthy enough for women to want to date them. So, of course, a dating app isn't going to want to really align with such research or outcomes because that's not going to keep people purchasing the apps. So again, I'm not looking at the actual raw data. I'm looking at the conclusions that Bumble themselves have made as a result of the data. And we know that there's confirmation bias, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this isn't necessarily what our interpretation might be, but there's a lot of important meaning to make out of some of this. Um, they said that more than half, again, this is kind of interesting as well. Y'all tell me what you think. Slide into those DMs on uh, our Loveline IG page and you can let us know. But it said more than half of people on the app said they are actively challenging stereotypes that suggest men should not show emotions for fear of appearing weak. I hope that's the case. But is it? Uh, not what I'm seeing. Um, 
uh, they have all these coined terms. I, I, I get a kick out of neologisms, new words. This one is dating renaissance. People are going into a dating renaissance, they claim. Ooh, sounds uh, very sophisticated. Um, next year, next year though, so hang in there. But research shows that one in three, 36% of single people are using dating apps for the first time and learning how to navigate it. Welcome, God bless you. Put on your seatbelt. Uh, had, uh, put on a helmet and some uh, knee pads because it's a bumpy, rough ride. Bumble doesn't claim so. They're saying everyone's just feeling great about it, but not so much. It's it's um, it's a little bit of the Wild West on the dating apps. You're going to get a little bit of everything. <laughs> you got to have a lot of self-esteem. That's why I say if you're having a good day, yeah, go on the apps. If you're having a bad day, please stay off. It's going to make your mental health worse. Got to do a mental health check before because it's a handful because you have you know the people you have access to and that have access to you all sorts of types. So almost 40% getting on there for the first time. <laughs> I work with a lot of people that are getting out for the first time and they're kind of like, what? And I'm like, I know I give them a warning. I'm like, get ready. Going to learn about yourself and the world. Let's see how long that optimism lasts. Anyway, let's see. Um, and then there's something that they're calling ethical sexploration. I love that the word ethical is in there. And they're saying that, um, it's going to be big next year. More people are changing the way they think and talk about sex. I'm down for that. More sex positivity is what I'm hearing. Nearly half said they're approaching sex and intimacy in an open and exploratory way. Definitely see that trend. More people with ENM in their profile, which means ethical non-monogamy. More people, which basically means all sorts of open styles and polyamory, uh, people wanting to try dating or having sex with different genders. Awesome. Love that. Uh, I want people to be forthcoming if they already have a primary partner. So those that are looking for that can know that you might not be right for them. So I like that people are putting in their profile in a primary relationship, looking for, you know, whatever it might be, ENM, ethical non-monogamy. Awesome. And uh, do your thing, y'all. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, more than half are green. It's important to discuss sexual wants and needs early in a relationship. Yeah. Although we have to be open to that changing. You know, when we meet someone and we start to build something with them, that will influence the confidence we have in certain things that might not have been there before. That's why I'm always talking about, listen, listen to someone who someone claims they are when you meet them, but also know that that can completely change. That someone might say, I never want kids, but then after having been with you for a while, they realize that a long-term, happy, sustainable, healthy relationship is possible, and then they might be willing to have kids. So you never know, but I always say at least believe them, knowing that that actually has some flexibility though. People change their minds in a way that serves, in a way that doesn't. Sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're not. Um, but I like that we're starting to talk about that more. Um, okay, we'll go through some more of these stats, but uh, we're gonna come back and we'll do uh, some DMs. So if you've got a question for us or topic you want us to hit, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Um, anonymous, confidential, helping others as you're helping yourself. Someone else might be wondering or wanting to hear about the same thing. So bam, put it in their DMs, IG page. And past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down the for love line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because it's all about that repetition. Got to build it in, daily practice. Otherwise, y'all stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I had a pretty bad breakup a few months ago. We both agreed that we needed to break up, and it was actually very amicable. It always should be. It always should be. I am 
disheartened by the fact that when people are going through a breakup, they're like, oh, I can let myself off the hook. I'm allowed to be a horrible person. I'm no longer responsible for how I treat this person. Yes, yes, you are. Because in fact, when someone disappoints you, lets you down, when you're going through a breakup, that's actually when you're showing your mental health and how comfortable and safe you are to be brought into someone else's life. So step it up. We are, it is not okay to act like a horrible person during a breakup. Leave when it needs to end and leave lovingly. Ugh. All right. You said we both agreed. Amicable. Got it. You said, however, the post breakup has been awful. Well, then maybe y'all shouldn't be in each other's lives if you're not mature enough to be in each other's lives. Back to your question. She has specifically targeted my friends to hook up with, has made it a point to attack me in our relationship online, and refuses to pay her half to split our lease agreement since we are both moving out. So this person sounds like someone who's completely emotionally and behaviorally dysregulated, doesn't understand how to deal with disappointment and hard feelings, and actually isn't safe enough to be dated by anybody. You better believe, if I'm considering dating someone, I want to know and I watch how they've broken up with others. I ask questions like that. And if they're like, oh, I didn't pay my lease or I did this to their car. I'm like, no, thank you. This is someone who shouldn't be in anyone's life. This is someone who needs to go off and work on themselves. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Back to your question. You said, I've been trying to remain the bigger person, but I'm exhausted. Yes. And I will continue to expect you to be the bigger person. It is never okay to engage in harm towards another person. Even if they're harming you, you defend yourself or you exit, but you don't need to defend yourself. You should not be engaging distance from this person and ask your friends to also hold that boundary. You said, at what point is it okay to fight back? It is never okay to fight back. What are you thinking you're going to correct or make better by fighting back? What does that mean? You're going to key their car because they keyed yours? Grow up. That doesn't do anything. I'm sorry this is happening. This person is violent and unsafe. This person should not be dated by anyone or friends with really anyone because I'm sure they do this when they're let down with friends. But no, it is not okay to attack back. That solves nothing. It, it, it just doesn't. And, and I will hold you accountable to everything you do. I really will. I'll never say, oh, okay, well, they, they, they refuse to pay a bill, so it's okay that you attack them online. No. You stay quiet, you stay silent, and you act and live from your integrity. But I'm sorry that's happening. Everyone who's listening, be better. Be better just because you're upset that a relationship ended. Just because someone dumped you, which people are allowed to do. You can't be mad at someone for dumping you. They're allowed to leave a relationship they don't want to be a part of. This is when you have to show your best. Your best is shown when it's hardest. You are not a good person if when someone disappoints you or frustrates you, you attack them online or otherwise. I want you to call your friends out. If you see your friend doing things like that, say to them, that's not okay, that's not cool. Not to me, not your ex, not to anyone. This person's friends should be stepping up and stepping in and telling them to knock it off. But you don't instigate it, don't make it worse, and don't do what they're doing. You are never let off the hook on, with your behavior because of what someone else has done or said. That's one of the biggest things I want everyone to get better at understanding. It's never okay to do those things to someone. We have to treat people better. And I'm shocked that you didn't see any signs of this in the relationship. Is this really the first time they acted like this? Or is this why you left them? Because if I ever saw this at different parts of the relationship, I would leave too. Um, but that's why I'm telling you when you're dating someone, disappoint them and see what they do. When you're dating someone, frustrate them and see what they do. When you're dating someone, have conflict and see what they do. That helps you determine whether or not they should be in your life. So early dating, I want tons of conflict, tons of disappointments. So you can assess the health and sustainability of the two of you and that person. It all comes out. And if they're not healthy, get out. 
We all have a lot of work to do and we have to work on being better. We do not deal with disappointment and frustration well. I see it with people driving on the road. I see it with people at restaurants and at airports and on airplanes. We all have a lot of growing up to do. Because when I see people throwing fists on airplanes, I'm shaking my head going, that is a very unsafe, unwell person. <clears throat> Truly, if you're gossiping about people online, you're unwell. You have work to do. You're, I'm learning more about you and not about the person you're trying to bash. It's really disappointing. All right, so if you got some questions for us, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, anything you want answered. Always anonymous, always confidential. Helping others as you're helping yourself. Past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline and click on it. Otherwise, y'all stick around because we got a whole lot more to come. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. Stick around because we'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back and we're looking at some research that came out, dropped on us by Bumble. It's all about what to expect in the next year. So it's a lot of dating and romance forecasting. It's interesting to see what they're saying and projecting because I agree with a lot of it. I completely disagree with a lot of it at the same time. They're talking about people feeling very optimistic. That's not what I'm seeing. Um, But hey, let's go with it because, you know, shoot, if that keeps us on there and it motivates us, let's do it. Uh, They're also talking about people having more willingness to date outside their typical type. Great. People are willing to date long distance. Awesome. They're calling it wander love kind of like wanderlust people want to travel but now it's all about love uh also talking about 74 percent of uh people trying to dismantle toxic masculinity and letting men show, show more emotions okay i don't really know if i see that stat happening but like that's great to hear i really hope that is where we're going um here's another zinger a uh, fifth of people said that they're exploring their sexuality more cool let's do it and one in eight are considering non-monogamy. One in eight. Does that sound high or does that sound low? I think it sounds a little bit of both. Some people are like, wow, that many. And others are like, that's it. I think you're going to, I mean, that's going to be a rising trend. You're going to, you will continue to see more and more and more. If you haven't already known someone or heard about it closer to your social network, you're going to. More and more and more and more. And it's not just men. It's mostly women. Yes, the stats are showing us it's more women than men that are wanting that. Mm-hmm. Flip some of those gendered norms and expectations on their head. Um, this is interesting as well. However, having said all that, people are exploring, going outside their type, long distance love, non-monogamy. Um, having more sex itself does not appear to be at the top of anyone's priority. Interesting. They're looking for romance. They want someone to cuddle with. It's cuffing season. Um, one in three, 34% are currently not having sex and are cool with it. 34%. They're like, yep, not happening, and I'm not bothered. <laughs> uh, in the UK specifically, it's 42%. I do not know what that difference in almost 10% increases, but you know what, UK, y'all be where you're at. Solo sexuality is a fine and fun thing. You know, you handle sexuality on your own. That's why uh, masturbation and pornography use is so feminist. You don't require a partner. You don't require a man. It's also liberatory for all of us to have sex with ourselves because we have such a pleasure sex-phobic pleasure phobic sex phobic culture and i love that body autonomy like hey i can i can kind of do this on my own so that's not surprising um i i like i like looking uh, further into some of the research about how people are having more open and honest conversation i think that that's great um talking more about boundaries uh emotional ones where people are talking more about red flags green flags uh physical ones we were talking earlier about how people don't 
don't want someone who's not available because they're working so much. So they're no longer seeking people with traditionally high status jobs. Um, they don't want people that overcommit themselves. Um, and they're having more candid conversations about finances, things that were previously a little more taboo. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, what I want people to do, if I got to kind of not make a prediction, but what, make a request, take more time when you're dating, date slower. Uh, remember dating is not the relationship. Dating is to see if you are compatible enough to have a relationship, but a lot of people don't date. They just start relationshiping. And then they wonder why a lot of relationships have a high failure rate, a high cheating rate and a high divorce rate. Dating should be you out there dating multiple people, taking your time, having a lot of experiences with them, going through milestones with them to see if there's someone you should commit to and make your primary partner. We don't take our time enough. We are not taking enough time to vet someone. It takes experiences. It doesn't matter how hot they are. And it doesn't matter how it feels in the beginning. In the beginning, it's all fantasy, idealization, projection. You have to see what they're like in difficult times, times of conflict. That takes time to happen. So please don't be committing within the first couple months. What? Yeah, I said it. Take a couple months. Be dating multiple people. Compare them in your head. See what the experiences are like. See what it's like with them on a weekend. See what it's like with them on a holiday. See what it's like with them during a difficult time because that's when you really figure out what you're made of as a couple. But people jump right into relationshiping from the door because we're so threatened, we're so anxious. And we do this like toxic monogamy thing. Monogamy is cool, but don't do the toxic version, which is if we hang out a couple times, I'm going to expect or demand that you're not seeing other people or not having sex with other people. That is not dating. Please date multiple people at the same time, taking your time, figuring out what you want, experiencing things with them. That's what I want more of. I work with too many couples that didn't do that. They jumped in right off the bat and then these incompatibilities emerged and they were too far in and now they're like, make it work. And I say to them, I can't. Not everything is fixable and resolvable. It isn't. Some things are what it will always be like for the two of you. And how does that feel? Do you want that to be the rest of your life? Take your time. Play the field. Be kind, be open, be honest, be compassionate. Don't play games, don't manipulate, don't lie, don't mislead, but you're allowed to see more than one person at a time. You're allowed to say, listen, I'm not ready for monogamy. Listen, I'm not ready for exclusivity. I don't know you yet. If someone says you're dating other people, you can confidently say, of course, I'm dating, I'm single. I want more of that. I know it scares some people. Look at that anxiety, what is that about? Don't you want someone to want to be with you because they actually know what it's like to have a relationship with you? Or do you wanna just settle into whatever's right in front of you? Ooh, want better, raise that bar. All right, we're gonna talk more about this, y'all, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So got some DMs, drop them in there. Loveline IG page, otherwise stick around, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back. We were uh, earlier talking about some research that came out of the dating app Bumble. Um, wanted to kind of bounce into somewhat related an article that was talking about what to do with relationships that have become stale. Before the break, I was yapping about take, people taking their time, having more experiences with people they're dating to see if they should be in a relationship versus just jumping into one with someone that they don't even know. And you don't know someone after only a few weeks or a few months takes a long time. In the beginning, it's a lot of, like I said, idealization, projection, romanticizing. Um, once we start having a little bit of conflict, that's a sign real people are showing up, real people that are identifying and self-defining and kind of asserting themselves. That's when you really see what you're made of as a couple and whether or not it can work. 
Um, and again, remember, what's really interesting is how there's two separate systems that are always happening, a relational system and then a sexual system. And that's a very sloppy way of kind of codifying these two different systems, but let's go with it for a second. You know, the attachment system, the relational romantic system is very much about bonding. And what it what you want is you want um, you want safety, you want familiarity, and so that's the part of you that wants to see them a lot, talk to them a lot, spend a lot of time with them. That's a part of you that's like, hey, let's cohabitate, sleep over. Nothing wrong with that. But unfortunately, all of those qualities are at odds with the sexual system. The sexual system wants newness, wants novelty, wants unknown, wants some space, wants some distance, and our romantic side wants the opposite. The more familiar we become with anything, the less exciting it is to us. When you hear that song you love for the kabillionth time, it's not as exciting. In fact, you start to hate it. We don't listen to the same song all day long. We don't watch the same movie over and over and over and over. We don't read the same book over and over and over and over. We don't eat the same food every day. Why? Because diminishing returns. You know, we talk about things like dopamine hits, which is one of the most under misunderstood, misused terms. But to break it down in a clear way, dopamine is more about anticipatory. It's more of an anticipatory thing and there's diminishing returns. So think about it. The most delicious bite of ice cream is the first one you have. In fact, the most delicious moment is before you even eat it. You are salivating, you're at the counter, you're excited, your eyes are big, you're picking it up and it actually gets less and less rewarding the more you eat to a point where some people are like, oh, I'm full and they just push it aside. But every mouthful tastes less delicious. And then at some point, we're just finishing it to finish it. Same thing with the relationship. Newness and novelty will always be the most exciting thing. When you're seeing them all the time, talking to them all the time, they're living with you around the clock, they're sleeping in bed next to you, some of you even work together, that is going to kill, for a lot of us, sexuality. Because again, sexuality wants new, novel, unknown. You will always be more attracted to things that aren't familiar to you. Again, a new song, a new movie, the ice cream you just started, and also a new partner. But because of what we do relationally in the attachment system and we bond, we don't act on that. And those that cheat are people that don't deal well with that tension because we always have that tension between wanting relationship and pair bonding versus the opposite, which is autonomy and freedom. And we're always somewhere on that continuum. And people that stay in long-term monogamous relationships manage that real well. People that don't, don't. And not everyone's built for or monogamously centered and not everyone should. You know, if you, if you have trouble with monogamy, stop doing it. Do ethical non-monogamy, do open styles, do polyamory, own it, look for it, seek it, ask for it, stop struggling. <laughs> but um, this article is about relationships that have become stale. So that's, that's a struggle. So the question you might pose is, well then wait a second, Dr. Chris, how do we have both? How do we both have that relationship that has familiarity and comfort and consistency and also get that needed newness, novelty, distance, and space that really creates a lot of sexual and erotic arousal. Well, let me start broad. One of the things you could do is not live together, but a lot of people are like, no, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna fall in line with the social scripts that we've been handed and internalized, and we're gonna cohabitate to feel like we have a complete committed adult relationship. Okay, maybe sleep in different rooms. Again, people are gonna push back on that. Okay, well, here's what I say. People will say like, you gotta have date nights. Um, Yes and no, because that's, you know, whether you're spending time at the house or spending time at a restaurant, what matters is the environment you're placing yourselves in. You have to spend more time in new novel experiences together, which means you have to really try to do new novel things. If the two of you are constantly going out to dinner, that's not gonna do it. 
If the two of you constantly go bowling every weekend with your friends, that's not going to do it. Keep doing it. Enjoy it. Have fun. Bond over. Connect. You need to put yourself in completely new environments so that you have a new experience of yourselves, a new experience of each other, and a new experience of the relationship. When you go into completely unknown experiences and environments, you see parts of your partner and your relationship that you hadn't seen before that breathes new life into it. Don't make every night a blockbuster night. Delay that as long as possible. People way too quickly start just staying in, hanging out on the couch, ordering food, watching movies. Delay that as long as possible. So the first tip to prevent your relationship from going stale or to get it away from that is keep dating, keep going on dates, keep getting dressed, showering, going out into the world as long as possible. Don't let it become so familiar and comfortable. That is going to kill sexuality and sex drive for most people. Then after you've been dating for a while, make sure you're going and doing brand new things as brand new and new and novel as possible. Stop playing it safe. So if you always just go to dinner, start doing as, as diversified as possible. Maybe try going camping and hiking because you're always in familiar, urban, safe, controlled environments. Try, you come up with what, what it would be. I don't, I don't know your life enough to know, but like, it's all about that. That's why traveling is a great thing. You are completely in the unknown. New things emerge. You learn things, stimulates interesting conversation. You have interesting shared experiences, but just don't go right to making every night a, a takeout and movie night. Delay that as much as possible and don't get into a habit doing the same kinds of dates at the same places. And if you do like that, make sure there are times weekly or monthly where you are completely going into completely new, different, unknown environments, taking your class together, traveling together, you figure it out. But those are the key things that you're looking for. And that's a way to kind of breathe new life into it. Because again, we want to go lazy and comfortable way too quickly and then we pay the price for it. It, it works in the beginning and then you're like, oh my God, we're bored. We're bored of each other. We find each other boring and we associate boredom with being together. And that's what you're trying to kind of shake up and reorganize. So figure out what would be new distinct environments for the two of you to drop into. All right, we're gonna talk more about all this. Stick around. Um, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline. Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Before the break, we're talking about what to do with relationships that get stale. My first advice is always don't let it get stale. Keep it new, interesting, and dynamic. We jump right in wanting familiar, comfortable, consistent. I get it. That builds safety, but it also starts to kill sexuality, and we start to associate each other with boredom and flatness. So keep dating. Don't, don't start hanging out at home too soon. Keep dating, getting showered, going out into the world, doing things together. It will benefit your relationship. And... Keep some element of that always going. Weekly, monthly, go with your partner into new environments. Depending on what it is that's familiar and standard for you, shake it up. Travel together, take a class together, go do an interesting activity, but you wanna have different parts of you emerge, see different parts of your partner, and also it leads to some more interesting conversations. It's not much to talk about when we're just sitting there in our sweatpants, cuddled up on the couch, eating takeout, watching a crime doc for the 27th time. It doesn't lend itself to interesting dynamic feelings or conversation, but it certainly does if all of a sudden you're bowling, going ax throwing, taking art classes, traveling to different cities, going camping, going hiking, Oh, yeah, shared experience, learning, growing, that's what you have to do. But ideally, you always do that. Some people are great at that, and other people, they, they just keep it lazy and comfortable. Again, 
Don't do that. That's the best way to never get in this issue. As they say, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Well, if you keep it fun, you don't got to get fun. And if you keep it interesting, you don't got to get interesting. But for those of us that are already kind of deep in there, that's a way to get back to that. And uh, it's cheap, local, and free. It doesn't really take much. Like I said, just kind of somehow put a little bit of flip on what is standard for the two of you. And then there's also this whole thing. And, you know, I, I've discussed this a little bit where you're, you know, this is my example. You're out at a dinner. You see that couple that's sitting in uncomfortable silence, not comfortable silence, uncomfortable silence. That's because they stopped sharing what makes them anxious. They stopped sharing vulnerable parts of themselves. They've already covered the really boring, topical, superficial stuff. And no one's ever said, what are you dreaming about? Um, how do you, how do you feel about your job or where we live? Do you want more or different? Or what do you, you know, they don't ask these big, insightful, vulnerable questions that really start some interesting conversation and bring different parts of ourselves out. And that's another piece of this. What are you talking about? Are you bringing up big existential philosophical questions? If not, start doing it. There's even card games that couples can buy that will pose those questions. And they lead to some interesting things. I remember being at a party and we went around and did it. And there were questions like, if you could be on the cover of any magazine and for some specific reason, what would it be? And I learned so much about myself, but I also learned a lot about my friends by us talking about these things. I learned what was important to them, what they hoped for, how they wanted to be seen by others. That's amazing. Uh, when we get familiar with people and we tend to just do the same old things, we stop talking about things in those interesting ways. So buy these card packs, find these questions online, ask deeper, more meaningful questions, go have deeper, more meaningful experiences. That's how we keep things from getting boring, but bring that in from the door and always stay with that. Don't ever let that go. Another thing that surprises people is stop avoiding conflict. That shuts us down. Conflict isn't bad. What's bad is managing it in a really aggressive, poor way. But conflict is good. Let yourselves disagree. Let yourselves talk things out. That's how we practice intimacy and vulnerability. That's how we practice really defining ourselves, being assertive. Also showing up authentically. Stop trying to people please. Stop thinking that if I actually express myself or disagree with my partner, that this relationship won't survive. And if it doesn't because of that, then it needs to crumble anyway. You can't build a long-term happy relationship by being a people pleaser. Another term we use from the trauma work is fawning. Be authentic. That's huge. So is making sure that you're acting, living, and speaking from your value system. If you hear someone say something going on and on, you're thinking like, that's not true, or that doesn't sound good, or that's not kind, or that's really transphobic call it out lovingly. Hey, I see it differently. Hey, that's problematic. Here's why. Be willing to do that. That's part of how we keep relationships dynamic. And again, that's intimacy. Intimacy isn't always feel good, affirming, um, connected, compatible things. Intimacy is also disagreeing and letting these differences both exist at the same time. Because again, remember, disagreement isn't about convincing the other person. Disagreement is not about one of you coming out right. Disagreement is not about you both agreeing. Disagreement is us expressing ourselves, us being known, us knowing our partner better and having two different experiences and that being okay. I always use the movie example. They loved the movie you just saw. You hated it. You don't have to make them hate it as well. You just say, tell me more about why you liked it. Let me, I'll let you know why I didn't. And we learn more about each other and we grow closer. And after you share those different points, no one has to agree. Both of you are correct at the same time. You kiss, hold hands and go get ice cream. That's what it looks like. That's how you keep things from getting stale. Um, so that's the go into conflict, be authentic. And then also finally, like allow yourself to prioritize the relationship while also taking time to yourself. 
That's always going to be an important part. You're allowed to do things without your partner. And that's an important thing that, again, allows for you to come home and have things to share with your partner. If we always do everything together, it starts to shut down some of that conversation because we were both there. There's not as much to talk about. So it's a little bit of a hybrid of both. Um, both are important. All right, when we come back, we're going to do some DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Also put in there topics you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. And uh, always anonymous and always confidential. Always want to throw that out there. Names don't get used. So helping someone as you're helping yourself. And then past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. We'll be back though. So stick around and don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we're back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, um. Hey, Dr. Chris, uh, I've been told by my girlfriend that I shouldn't always be the first to initiate a call or a text to my boyfriend. Okay, ignore advice like that. We are not playing games or manipulating. If you want to text someone, text them. Interested people like signs of interest. No one who likes you will be sad that they got a text from you. Why are your friends telling you to not be the first one to initiate? They are telling you to play games. They are supporting you, creating an anxious, attached relationship. These are friends giving you bad advice and they need to grow up. Stop listening to crap advice like that. No advice should be gendered. Well, you're a girl, so you should. Are you a man or you should? No, 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 no. Let's grow up and get, and get outside of that. Everyone should be vulnerable. Everyone should be honest. Everyone wants to feel liked and cared for and respected. Stop that. That's a mess. Your friends, don't ask your friends for advice. They give bad advice. Anyway, you said that they tell you that you should wait for them to call you and text you again. No, ridiculous. And the reasoning behind that is that it shows how much my boyfriend loves me and cares for me. You also need to show him how much you love him and care for him. He also deserves that. You're playing a game. People that have no self-esteem play games. People with no confidence play games. Do you have confidence? Then text him because he'll be happy to hear from you if he likes you. Stop playing games. Have more self-worth than that. You said, I think this method's a little toxic. What are your thoughts? That it's toxic and it's immature and it's, it's violent. It's ridiculous. You're playing with someone's mental health. Stop. 
We're moving on to another question. I can't even deal with that one. <laughs> hey, Dr. Chris, I hope all's well with you. Yeah, it's been a year, but thanks for asking. Love your show. It educates me on how to embrace emotions instead of fighting them. I love that because we're never trying to downplay our emotions. We're just not trying to amplify them. We're always checking in on them, saying, is it reasonable? Because our emotions are not always reasonable or justified. So we check in on them. We digest them. We work through them a little bit. We stay regulated. But your question said, to be honest, I have a foot fetish. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but that's great. Feet can be great. Uh, you said, I've been having a foot fetish since I was five years old. Also, I've been struggling with masturbating to videos of people's feet. Uh, what do you mean struggling? Enjoying, you mean. Enjoy. Enjoy that. Have fun. There's Why is that a struggle? Enjoy that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you said, my question is, should I feel ashamed for having a foot fetish? No. Why? If you're allowed to like boobs, you're allowed to like feet. If you're allowed to like faces, you're allowed to like feet. If you're allowed to like butts, you're allowed to like feet. You're allowed to like elbows. You're allowed to like shoes. You're allowed to like chairs. If you want to masturbate to the Eiffel Tower, masturbate to the Eiffel Tower. There is nothing wrong with what you masturbate to. There's nothing wrong with what you're attracted to as long as it's consensual and it's legal. High five, pat on the back, do your thing. Um, you said, how do I open up to a future girlfriend about it? If she's mature, then we open up about it. If they're immature, we don't open up about it because we don't need to feel shamed for things that aren't worthy of being shameful. There's nothing wrong with being turned on by someone's body part. Um, anyone that is into shoes understands that. Is your girlfriend into shoes and the way she looks in shoes? Then she understands attraction and desire around those things. People that put on makeup understand that. People that pay attention to what they wear understand that. We can have our eroticism directed at anything. And feet is actually pretty normal. So if your partner's mature enough, you say, hey, I want to bring you into and let you know deeper parts of me and who I am and let you know what I'm attracted to. If they shame you or mock you, then they're, then they're, then they're, that's sexual abuse. Let me start by saying that. You are sexually abusing someone if you mock or shame what they're attracted to. That's sexual abuse. We have no control over what we're attracted to. Let me say it again. We have no control over what we're attracted to. However, if it's violent or not consensual or illegal, we apply boundaries and impulse control and empathy. And that stops us from acting out on it, but we have no control over what we're attracted to. There's nothing wrong with liking feet. So if your partner's mature enough, you share that with them and then they can enjoy that because it feels really good to have your feet played with. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I want every partner to do it. I love my feet massaged, kissed, played with everything. Just like I like my arms massaged and kissed. Our entire body's an erogenous zone. There's no bad body parts. There's no wrong body parts. They all have the, the ability to give us pleasure. So enjoy that. That's great. And hopefully you're with sexually mature enough partners to understand that whether or not they're into it, they're not going to mock you or put you down for it. And that's a good assessment tool because I want us to weed those people out of our lives like that. So let's all be better. Nothing wrong with that. All right, y'all, that is our show. Thanks for joining us. You can head over to wearechannelq.com to uh, check out past episodes and uh, put some questions if you got them for us in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, be kind to yourselves, be kind to those around you. Drop the bar. We're doing 75% max because we're not trying to live in burnout. Have a good rest of your night. Good night, everybody. It's been a pleasure being part of your journey. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 